Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. So I hate to start on a super down note, but guess who passed away today? Oh, I told you that. I already know. Oh, I told you that, Scott. You didn't know until I told you. You would have you well, never, never went on Facebook and saw everybody posting about it today. You would have never seen Eddie, Eddie, well, Eddie Van Halen pass guess away. Guess who passed away? Well, yeah, I told you. But you just had to stick that in there, didn't you? <laughs> No, yeah, I did. I got back from the gym, and that was the first thing you said. You're like, I thought You're... for sure you would have already heard. Well, I was really busy, at, like working today, and I didn't really look at my. Well, I, it media was stuff. no, it was. I think you had left to go to the gym, and then I got an email. And from Eddie, Eddie Van Halen's family saying, "Hope, hey, we want to let you know, Amber." Did <laughs> get an email from his family? It was from Metal Sucks. I'm on their mailing list, and they sent out a you know a special thing because I guess yes, Wolfgang. Yeah. Was the one Eddie's son who made the post uh, somewhere? Oh, what a bummer! No, that, that's a real sad thing. I, I'll, I'll be upfront and honest. We, everybody knows about us. We're kind of the rock people, uh, and um, I was never a huge Van Halen fan. I, okay. I remember he was huge into them. They yeah. wrote some amazing songs. Though. They wow. got. To, I like. I yeah. They got some good songs and whatever your stance no, is on Van Halen or Van. Sal Hagar. is a rock, beautiful band. I mean, they changed. They changed was, music. He was of all these legendary guitarists over the years. I mean, he's up there. And, oh, and he's kind of the, the one of the most influential guitarists of all time. And, and we've lost, like, I don't, I mean, there, there's still influential guitarists out there right now living, doing yeah. their thing. But he was a big one. He that was, was like losing the Jimi Hendrix of our time. Like, it's you know, a big Eddie one. Eddie Van Halen uh, single-handedly changed rock music through his sound, through the sound of Van Halen. Um, and there's just no denying that wherever you come from, whatever kind of music you're into, he touched that many people. It, you're, you can kind of be listening to anything, and Van Halen has touched you in some way or another where you've heard a song. There's something you're going to like about that. You know band. what I remember and about him? What? Like, you're watching MTV when you're younger, when they played videos. And when they actually had music? They, yeah. they would play a Van Halen video, and I always remember being... Well, Eddie Van Halen was always smiling. Yeah. And other guitarists, you know, they look mean or they got like just weird like guitar face, which is always like squished up and odd. But he yeah. was smiling. He always had and, a smile on his face. And the, Have I, the time of his life. It's just what yeah. it looked like. like. This guy is having the time of his life up there. Uh, you know, there's few people that get to get, get to experience that at that level. But what, this, is what the, this is my weird, sad Eddie Van Halen moment when I saw that 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 he had passed away yeah. was I remember, I just suddenly remembered me probably like five years old watching MTV and that one video where Eddie's just sitting on the couch staring, I don't know, watching TV or something. And then the band walks behind him and they all like push his shoulder. I don't know if you remember that one. No, I, don't I don't even remember what song that was from, but I remember that. And I always thought Eddie was cool. And so I had this weird sudden, sudden thought of me as that little kid watching Eddie. He's young. Yeah. And then, Fast forward, which feels like almost no time in between to seeing his death. Yeah, that kind of stuff like messes with my friend head. of mine. I, I'm actually looking at my Facebook right now, and I and I this made me think about you mentioned the smile thing, and, a, and yeah. a, a friend of mine, one of my buddies on there said couldn't have said it better. Actually, he's like you know you know Eddie Van Halen always with a smile. No one ever made excellence look so goddamn easy. Yeah, which is true. Just really what it was. The guy, if you ever watched him play. Yeah, the smile, so laid back, guitar flying everywhere, but there's these sounds coming off that no one ever heard, right? He made sounds with the guitar that no one had ever heard at that, you know, when he when he did them. So you can't really uh there's no denying that one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Uh so yeah, rest in peace Eddie Van Halen. Real bummer. Uh cuz why? 2020. 
Right. Let's let's throw some coals on this, though. So, yeah, yeah, we have on a positive note. Yeah, way more positive note. Amanda Woomer with us tonight. And Amanda Woomer was someone that got on our radar because she was going to be speaking at Troy's Haunted America conference this year. Yes. That didn't happen. And then Troy threw out, though, some. Because why? Because of COVID. No, because 2020. 2020. Kobe like, is, is just part of 2020. It is. It is it's, yeah. We have to say it like Eeyore. 2020. 2020. <laughs> so anyway, I watched a little snippet of Amanda talk because Troy put out some little teasers of his speakers for free during the weekend that Haunted America was supposed to happen. So you could at least get like a little like, oh, there's some people and my friends and yay. And here I am. Sitting in the house. In my house. (laughs) Eating snacks. Eating snacks. And I love snacks. And that's why I got excited about Amanda Wilmer coming on because she has a blog called Spook Eats. So she wants to go around. She's she's a total travel addict, food addict, and loves the paranormal. So she started this blog a couple years ago, even though she's been into the paranormal for over 15 years and has a great origin story as to what got her interested in so that's you know i'll save that for the show yeah and so anyway with with her expertise she's been highlighting stuff around the u.s and probably she'll even i could see her doing because we were talking about the uk i could see her doing stuff like in europe yeah out of the country she's taking it global yeah and just talking about those haunted pubs and restaurants and breweries and places whatever wherever you can go that is also accessible by the public which makes it a great possibility to have an experience if you're someone that can't afford to go to these large public haunts or rent a bed and breakfast overnight or whatever just go somewhere go to a bar maybe you'll see a ghost maybe you won't yeah maybe you will because you drank too much but you still can go and enjoy some haunted history which is great and amanda has like on on top of her website which will be linked on our website and of course you can google her but you can visit our website for all these links and all that stuff Um, she's got future projects, and we did not talk to her about this, but she also has a podcast coming out soon. Ah! So she will be doing something. Yeah. We can, like, totally pimp that for her when she when she puts that out there. But she says it's been in the works for years. And she's cool. got four books out right now, Haunted Atlas of Western New York, The Cryptid ABC Book, picture book for kids, America's Haunted Breweries, Distilleries, and Wineries, and the Ghosts of the Ghost Light Theater, which is a fundraiser book that she was releasing uh, for that theater, and because why? Because twenty 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 twenty. Yep. One hundred percent of the proceeds go back to the theater to help them get through twenty yeah. twenty. So, and she's also got a second kids book coming out November first. Krampus's Great Big Book of Yuletide Monsters, which we also talk about, and I'm super excited about, and I want to get a copy. So, anyway, enjoy. Our discussion with Amanda Woomer. this episode we have the two most important things in the world 
and that is the subject of the paranormal and food. That's yeah. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> about this before the show, and if I was going to have to introduce the show, that is exactly how I, I was going to introduce this show. But you give it, you give it justice yourself, Amber. Yeah, um, I love food. Anyone yeah. that knows me knows I love snacks. She's a wrecking machine. I love food. I, I yeah. And then plus, it's not only food that Amanda explores, but it's wine, it's beer. Oh, like oh, uh, oh, Amanda oh, does it all. She oh, does oh, everything. Oh. She explores it all. So welcome yeah. to the show, Amanda. We're going to go all over the place tonight. It's going to be super fun. Yes, and Amanda yes. Woomer, thank you for joining yes. us here. We really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Um, so yeah, thanks. Welcome to Ghostly Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is my first... Um, recording since like going into maternity leave, oh. so hopefully I'm not too rusty. <laughs> well, con- congratulations! Yes. Oh, thank C- you. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, interesting time to have a child, I must say. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it was bad timing on our part. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody, you wouldn't have known uh, logistically. Yes. You would, nobody would have had it. Yeah, no one would have known. What so. what yeah. month, what month did you give birth? Um, August. August. So, okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So at least it wasn't like right in the beginning, like no March. It was like April. it wasn't like oh, there's a pandemic. This is a great time yeah. to have a baby. Well, like, it was oh crap, it's a pandemic and we're having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is that talk of that. What did you said? March, April. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. March yeah, and r- April. Yeah, roughly. Was there is when it. There's, they said there's off. been a mad rush in 2021 of babies. Oh no no no, yep. no! I'm just talking about when the virus started. Oh, but like I would not want to oh. be in a hospital at that time. That's what I was referring to. Okay, so I apparently don't math today. So no, let's, you let's don't move math. On. Let's just move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, regardless. Thank you. <laughs> so, Amanda, you run a blog. You started a blog called Spook Eats. Plus, you have books out, all kinds of fun stuff. You travel, you do it all, like I said. And I, I know we always ask for notes from people, and you gave some phenomenal notes for us to pick your brain about. So we are going to start on a sad note because I really want to know your origin story with how you got started and the fact that it does have sort of a a sad beginning. Yeah. So basically I had my first paranormal encounter when I was seven years old. Um, I did see basically the ghost of an old woman in my family's house. Um, It was the only time I ever saw her. I never feel like I grew up in a haunted house or anything, um, but I definitely saw her. It definitely was very jarring to me, but it was very impactful. Um, Mm -hmm. And after that, I really started going to the library and getting out books on, you know, ghosts and aliens and cryptids and all that fun stuff. And I would grow up watching, you know, different shows. You know, it started with Scooby-Doo and then it kind of transformed into ghost hunters um, <laughs> in my later teenage years. And, um, you know, my parents would take us to places like Gettysburg and Salem for family vacations. Yeah. And that's when I started um, doing like ghost hunting where I would, you know, have like a, a cassette recorder back in the day. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just to show my age. Um, and, you know, you'd go to like the cemeteries and stuff and ask your questions. Um, and it was very innocent. Um, you know, it was an innocent curiosity that I had. Um, and then in 2015, my younger brother, um, he ended up passing away after an eight month battle with pediatric cancer. Ugh. And it was, it was, it was at that point, And like, he, he was kind of like my right hand man. Like he would be right there with me, you know, asking questions and playing with the dousing rods and really like, just as curious about these sorts of things as I was. Yeah. And it was 
his passing that was kind of like that kick in the butt that I needed to really start taking the paranormal seriously. And it, I always say it turned from an innocent curiosity into more of like a, just a, a almost like a desperation and a passion Yeah. where I, I kind of not, not only did I want to know more about the other side or the afterlife, but now I needed to know, um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, going to church and stuff. But after he passed away, I was shaking to my very core. And I questioned everything, including what happens to us after we die. And, you know, some people find comfort in, you know, going to church more often. I actually initially found my comfort in alcohol. Um, and I've actually taken that. And my latest book that just came out, I do talk about that very briefly, that in my coping mechanism, I turned to alcohol first. And then I steered it more towards the paranormal. Um, so now I'm trying to find like that balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my main purpose for creating Spook Eats was to kind of create this all-encompassing website that highlights haunted hospitality, you know, these haunted restaurants and bars and these places that are already open to the general public. So people like me who have lost a loved one and are genuinely searching for answers, they could potentially go out and find those answers. You Mm. know, so many haunted locations are either completely barred from the general public or they're exorbitant to get into. So your average everyday person isn't going to be able to find answers at the places that you see on TV. Um, But you know, you have these hotels, you have these bars that are just as haunted as some of these locations that want you to come visit. And, you know, I've found that, you know, you know, with Spook Eats, people that I've talked to and stuff, it is helpful for them to be able to find that the paranormal is accessible to everyone. And they're able to go on their own paranormal journeys in order to find answers about life after death, whether or not they've lost a loved one or they're just curious. So for me, my origin story is, you know, it's based in a a family tragedy that I'm still trying to cope with and and not get over, but just kind of find ways to use it for, try to find some good that can come out of it. There's really not much, but if Spook Eats can help other people, find their own answers, then I'll take it at this point. Well, yeah, you know, I think I think a lot of our origin stories when it comes to how we got into studying the fringe and the paranormal is that I think, uh, and you know, we all maybe we experience some type of loss like that, right? I know I have, I know Amber has, obviously you have too. And I think that's one of those driving factors, like, because uh, I think you, you in that situation, and you know, I don't want to. We don't need to dive too deep into this thing, but uh, I know we just lost our cat recently, which is, you know, it's a cat, but that was like our family member, and I just felt so utterly helpless. I felt like I had no power over anything, uh, and not not that that was the the main thing that I, you know, I I felt bad about. I mean, I felt bad for her, but I kept finding myself. Uh, like in my head going, you know, well, wherever she's at, I really, really hope she's somewhere. She's happy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd like to have that answer definitively, but we don't. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's something I'd like to know that she's comfortable where she's at um, and she's happy. Maybe she's with a different family or something like that. Right. And the same thing, obviously, for your brother, too. Right. Yeah. So uh, and that's I think that's a driving factor. A lot of us have is that um, it's a big 
candy bar to try to bite off of to say, and I believe me, we used to have these big, big, big ideas when we were younger, and we said, we're going to prove the existence of the afterlife. Yeah. It was our mission <laughs> statement. We're going to prove the existence of the afterlife. We're going to tell you exactly what happens after you pass on and you leave this physical body that you're in, right? Um, and we, we both know now, too, that it's not quite that easy, and there's a, there's yeah. a lot of... A lot of things we're talking about, big ideas here. But I do think you're right. It, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a driving force behind. I think a lot of people getting into this field. And you're right. Uh, this is for everybody. It's one of those few places I think a lot of people can go to, um, where they don't. I think a lot of people. I think it's getting better now. But I think ten even you know ten years ago, just ten years ago, people felt like weirdos. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know any nice way to say it. They were afraid. Well, you're obviously crazy because you say you saw the ghost of your dead grandmother walking down the hallway of your house in the middle of the night. And I, I think even to this day, some people might kind of you know give you a funny look. But oh I, yeah. But I think the community's grown and it's growing more and more uh, for people who just have that genuine passion for this thing. Well, and. Yeah, it's- with, with, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that's okay. With the shows, too, like a lot of the, I know we'll probably t- touch on that a little bit. The shows, I think, help norm. I don't know if normalize is the right word, but normalize a little bit people's interest well, in they the paranormal. Cool. They made it cool. Well, it's cool and hip. But that also then raised the interest with places that have a haunted reputation, like an old restaurant or bar. Yeah. Or play, you know, and these are like, that's what I love how Amanda said that, that these are accessible places to the public. Not everyone has the cash to go hang out at Waverly Hills or rent a haunted B&B out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you can go to these places. I have talked to plenty of people who have eaten at, haunted locations and said like suddenly their glass moved on its own or something wild happened and some of my favorite stories in my hometown are from haunted restaurants so and and maybe you you go get your pizza and you don't have an experience whatever but it's an added perk to go somewhere most of the places are very food and then maybe see a ghost maybe experience something or just have that back in your head you know that's the coolest thing and then for a place to embrace that history i think more and more places are are they're liking that they're not just they're they're realizing that there's money (laughs) you can make a profit off haunted tourism and i don't know amanda if you've seen since you've started spooky if you've seen kind of an increase in welcoming that part of their business Um, absolutely um like when i even just two years ago when i first started um i would reach out to places and i would kind of explain you know my website you know i want to highlight haunted restaurants and bars and like you know i focus on the food and the history and the ghost stories and a handful of places a decent amount were like you know we don't want to talk about that Mm -hmm. we find that our patrons don't like that and then over the years that's definitely evolved and i've actually had places that i've reached out to in the past that originally said no we don't want you to come and highlight us they've now since reached out and have invited me to actually come back in a way um because they realize that there is money to be made that you know i always say like when people are traveling to places you have to eat wherever you are so why not eat someplace that is rich with history and ghost stories yeah and i i was gonna say too it's a generational thing i think the 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 younger generation that's coming up now that are in their 20s and early 30s uh i think they have a, a as, as consumers, I guess, 
they have a different outlook on things. I think the older generation, even the generation I come from, it was more we were we were more into the familiarity. So chain restaurants, for example, uh, were very big, and we're starting to see those things start to falter now. We're starting to see chain restaurants topple one after another, because I think the younger generation, who are the people that are eating out a lot more, well, not a lot more these days. It seems like <laughs> hopefully, hopefully more yeah. down the road here. Um, they do want to. They want to go to a place that has some character to it. They don't want to, you know, I mean, I'm not going to name any chain restaurants because I don't want to advertise for them either. But, I mean, they're all the same where, as you, like you said, you travel somewhere, you have to eat where you're at. So why not find a place that's cool that you can have, you can leave there. If you don't have a good ghost story, you can still leave there with a cool story, I think. Like, this place was really rad. They had this cool stuff there or something like that. It's got character, right? Well, when you go to Gettysburg, you know, you want to eat at the Farnsworth house. Yeah, Because yeah. there's yeah. bullet holes in the side. Yeah, so, And maybe a ghost, like in, you know, that Jenny Wade house next to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know? So I think that's the a big draw there is just, uh, it's that character along, you know, excluding the idea that, you know, you may have some type of experience, um, you're going to hear stories and you're going to bring stories back with you. I think, I think that's the important part too. Well, my absolute favorite, if anyone who's listening to this has heard me yammer on before, they'll already <laughs> know my answer. Nothing has topped it um, in the two years since I've been there. Um, so for me, it has to be the old canal Inn. Um, it's located in Nutley, New Jersey, which is about 40 minutes South of Manhattan. And they are famous or infamous for the death seat and the subsequent death seat burger. <laughs> um, <laughs> so basically, um, according to legend, there's this cursed bar stool that is at the front of the old canal inn. And um, supposedly, according to legend, um, four people have died of a heart attack while sitting in the Ooh. chair. So now it's roped off so you can't sit in it. I'm sure like insurance was like, you should probably get rid of this. Um, <laughs> so um, you, no one can sit in the chair anymore. However, um, recently um, it's switched hands and the new owner has totally cashed in on this and I appreciate it. So they created the death seat burger platter, <laughs> which is basically a it's a cheeseburger. Um, that has mashed potatoes, jalapeno peppers, cheddar cheese all on top, and then it's beer battered and deep fried. Oh my god! I would okay. I know I wouldn't <laughs> be able to eat the whole thing, but I definitely would take a couple bites of that. It was amazing, and like I'm looking at, it, I'm like I'm not like a fan of like wacky combinations. Uh -huh. Like I'm one of those weirdos that like my meat is on one side of the plate, my vegetables <laughs> are over here, and they don't touch. Yep. So it was a leap of faith for me, and it was fantastic. So like we always joke now that if you don't sit in the chair and die of a heart attack, you'll at least die of a heart attack from eating this yeah. burger. Oh um, which and I just loved it because so many places that I've traveled to, um, especially Salem, for whatever reason, they're really popular with this. Um, they love creating cocktails. Okay, for yeah. their ghost stories and their hauntings, um, and now I see we're that talking. a lot Let's of places. Go. Um, <laughs> and I like, I'm all for it. I love it. Yeah. But this was the first time I ever saw an entree based off of the ghost story, curse, the haunting, or whatever. So I thought that was really unique and interesting. Yeah. And again, like so many times, places don't want to talk about their ghost stories, and this place was just like, screw that. We have a curse chair, and we got a burger to prove it. Yeah. I I loved it. I ate it up. Pun intended. Yeah. Well. You you got you got to make this stuff work. I, now I'm Salem is one of those cities that totally took their history and owned it. And yes. they, I, I know that some stuff. I haven't been there since I was like 15. So that was like 90s. Ew. And so I know that my my cousin who I went there with just went there, I think it was two years ago, and she's like, oh, my God, it's become so commercialized from when we were there. 
Like, wow. And, and, and I, but yet that's like, good. Own it. You know, be that witch city USA and, and make your past work for you well, and I that, mean, that well, dark side work for you. I understand. Well, here's a good example. I mean, here in Michigan, I don't know. I'm sure it's the same uh, in New York. Um, obviously, this time of year, um, the cider mills come mm-hmm. about, right? Um, and I mean, I guess I'm going back to when I was younger uh, and I, we would go to the, the, our local cider mill and you get this greasy bag of, of donuts and the jug, the, the, the big <laughs> jug of cider. And it was all kind of rusty. It was kind of, I shouldn't say, I said, I meant rustic, right? Mm-hmm. It was all kind of just, you know, fast and loose. They were just doing this business for one time a year and that's it. And I went to um, another cider mill. I, I haven't been to a cider mill in many years and me and a buddy went uh, a couple weeks ago. And this cider mill, first off, it was gigantic. The ones we used yeah. when we were younger was just li- these little cider mills. This thing was gigantic. They have a petting zoo for the kids. They have <laughs> yeah. bars for the parents, uh, go-kart track. I mean, you name it. They have everything there, right? Uh, of course, they have a huge restaurant there. Uh, was and that Blake's? That was, you can't, you're, you're, oh, who cares if we We're going to get sued. No, we are no, not. Yeah, it was Blake's. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying that I really enjoyed myself, but when we went to go get the cider and I'm like, okay, of course we came there for beer, so we filled some growlers up, but we, <laughs> yes. um, we, but we were going to get cider and donuts also. So on the way out, I'm like, okay, let's go get cider and donuts. And it was literally like a, produ- a production line we walked through, right? I mean, and I'm, again, I'm not, and I'm saying this for a reason. Uh, we got in line. It was a lot like getting in line at a ride at Cedar Point, if you've ever been there, yeah. or any amusement park. You, just, you walk through the turnstile thing where you zip back and forth, and we just walked down the thing. Here's your donuts. Here's the plastic carton of your donuts. Here's your cider. Give us 20 bucks. Goodbye. And yeah. I mean, and it was totally cool. I'm not saying this because it's a bad thing. I'm saying it because like a place like Salem, for example, yeah, they have embraced their history, and yeah, that's made that, that, that town famous all over the world so they have a draw now from people all over the world so they're pretty busy so when you do that my point is you got to get organized right you get you got to you got to have your act together and so unfortunately i think sometimes yeah maybe some of that character does get drawn from there a little bit but you know at least you're having the experience still you're, you're getting to go you want to go right that's that's how i see it and yeah it, it can be a little it can make it become i guess it can become a little watered down um but unfortunately, that's just the way it is. If people want to do business, that's what they have to do nowadays. That's just that's just how I see it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, I think it's kind of even going along the lines of us saying like the paranormal has become more mainstream. People could say it's been more watered down now. You know, you have all of these gadgets and these gizmos and you know things that sometimes look more like ghost busting equipment yeah. as opposed to actual like investigating. And but. It's making it accessible to more people. So in a way, it's better because, you know, you're able to share it with more people. More people are able to experience it. So more people are able to get something out of it. So it's kind of like this difficult decision to be like, well, what's better, the more rustic, old school sort of way of doing things or the more updated way of doing things that really bring it more to the masses and allow more people to experience it. And that's the whole point is for people to be able to experience these things, whether it's a cider mill, the paranormal, yeah. or the city of Salem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, I, I think people do get shot, and I do understand that, Amber. What you said is, you know, I think people they well, they're they're too big now. They're big. Well, yeah, there's a reason for that. They embrace their yeah. history. So, uh, you know, but the thing about the paranormal in general, though, too, I think that it is a it is a community or or or. A, I, I, I don't know what to call it. A community. Let's just say a community okay. right now. Um, 
where you you don't have to really I mean, I haven't. I, in fact, I've probably regressed. I say this a lot about things. Uh, a lot of people, I know that they're they're gadget heavy now. There's a lot of gadgets you can use, and I mean, yeah, ghosts. I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm not looking to kill any ghosts, or or, in, or I guess yeah. or I guess imprison them or something like that. Um, it's more of an observational thing, and based on that, I know some people like myself have regressed to the point where. I just go somewhere and I want to see it with my own eyes. I'm not really, mm-hmm. I'm not really, I mean, I should be maybe, but I'm not really interested in documenting any type of evidence. If I'm going to have an experience, I'm going to have an experience and it's just going to belong to me, right? Yeah. It's as simple as that. So, I mean, that's, um, but I, go ahead, Amber. I was going to say, I still like the idea of a balance between yourself as a ghost detector and actual equipment as to detect things. Cause totally, we yeah, still, 100%. we still want to get that photo of an apparition like i would love to get something that just was like oh even if no (laughs) one believed it i'd be like oh my god i know what this is and and we've said it a million times on this show that we are still in love with evp it is one of the craziest things that happen i think within the realm of our technology and the paranormal and and I love it. And I and I know you. One of the things in your notes that I was like, oh, I can't wait to ask her about this. But the <laughs> best piece of evidence that you ever captured was actually on a hunt at the Ghostlight Theater, and it was an EVP of your brother as well as a photo of him. Whoa! Hey! Okay. Whoa! Yes. <laughs> so I need to hear this story, please. Yes. Please. <laughs> so basically, um, I 100% agree with you with EVP. Just to yeah. start off with, like that is my technique that is what I do that's really all that I do and that's all I'm good at like I don't usually capture videos or photos or anything like that my gift is with EVPs I love them um but basically um the ghost light theater in North Tonawanda it's right in my hometown I've been a member of this theater company for 15 years now um and I've had tons of experiences there over the years because every good theater has at least one good ghost story and this place has got tons of them um So, and my whole family was a part of this theater company, my little brother. He actually um, was an even bigger member than I was. He played like Oliver Twist in the musical Oliver, and he was in shows all the time. And we always joked saying that the theater was kind of like his big clubhouse. He had the run of the place. He was like the little gang leader of all the the owner's kids and stuff. Um, So two years after my brother passed away, my brother was 19 when he passed away, um, but he spent most of his childhood and teenage years there. So two years after he passed away, um, we were doing a small investigation there with several other members of the theater company. And I don't make it a habit of trying to connect with my brother just because it's a slippery slope. You don't want to become obsessed with doing it, but you also don't necessarily know you're definitely talking to who you think you're talking to. Um, so I, I've never, this is the only time I ever reached out to him. I have not done it since. I never did it before. Um, but while I was there, this is my first time investigating the theater. Um, I just thought to myself, you know, if if Jed, my brother, was to be anywhere in the whole universe right now, he would be here. I'm here. My parents are here. You know, the director and the owner, he was like a second father to him. He's here. His kids are here. So everyone that Jed loved is under one roof tonight. If he's going to be anywhere, he's going to be here. So during my EVP session down in the basement, which is a finished basement where they would hang out, um, I just, it was put on my heart to just ask him if he was okay. So I just said, you know, dude, like, are you okay? Just let me know that you're okay. And obviously at the time, I didn't know I captured this. It wasn't until I was reviewing it afterwards, but 
while I was down in the basement, I got an EVP that sounded like Jed's voice when he was about 11 years old, which that was when he played Oliver Twist. That was the height of his theater time. Um, and his voice, crystal clear, says, I'm fine. Wow. And I was down in the basement and I had two other women down in the basement with me, but they were like on the opposite side of the building. Um, I doubled, you know, I like I, I kind of like kept rewinding it and I was like, well, that doesn't sound like Julie. That doesn't sound like Vanessa. OK, um, so that was just amazing. Then I am going through my photos and stuff and we find in the exact same spot that I got this EVP, there's this photograph of um, my brother. Um, it looks like it is almost a carbon copy of a family photo that we have um, from his first day of school when he was about 10 or 11 years old. And you can see his long brown shaggy hair. You can see his green T-shirt. You can see the collar. You can see his jawline. He's got a backpack on. Um, so, like, it, it's mind boggling. And I said, you know, the photograph is amazing in and of itself. And the EVP is amazing in and of itself. So to get them both on the exact same night in the exact same location was amazing to me. And I've shown this photo to people over the years because I always carry it on my phone with me now. Um, so if I'm ever talking to someone who's lost a loved one and, the, you know, you kind of get the vibe that they would be interested in talking ghosty things yeah. and maybe it'll help them. I've shown it to people and it has brought people to tears just because it, it is, at least for me and for them, evidence, physical evidence that you can see with your own two eyes of something else out there after we're gone. Wow. Have you, did you publish that in any of your books? Um, I did just recently publish this book. It's not actually available to like the, I mean, it's available to the general public. I just published a fundraising book for the ghost light because they've been so hit by okay. COVID because they can't do any performances. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a book called the ghosts of the ghost light theater and it's over a hundred stories from theater members, cast, crew, audience members, and I included it in that. Um, I have posted it on my website and stuff over the years, as well as like my Facebook and my Instagram pages, but um, this was the first time I actually published it in a book to share it with more of like the masses of right. sorts. I know what I'm buying right away tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so well, what's, I, I gotta mention this real quick, maybe you're on the same page, Scott, but how wild that the EVP and the photo both go back in time to when he was younger at like 11, maybe even then like, you know, a pre-cancer part of his life. Yes. Like, and we've had wow. people at the theater that have had dreams with him and he's little. They've seen him throughout the theater. Um, we have several people who are sensitive and they'll say that they see like this kid running around with this long, like this shaggy brown hair and like wow. they know immediately like it's Jed. And like when Jed passed away, he was six foot five. You know, oh. technically he was bald because he had cancer. Yeah. Um, but like he didn't have long shaggy hair for 10 years. And like it's the strangest thing that it, it does. It goes back to literally the exact same moment in time, wow. which is just bizarre. That is. Well, one of the things you also said, too, and I can't agree more is and, and we you mentioned this earlier and we've mentioned this. We've been talking about this for a very long time. I know when we first started doing this stuff. Yeah. One of the first places we went to was a cemetery. And walked around with our recorders and our cameras, thinking that's well, well that's where this is where all the dead people are at. There's got to be ghosts yep. here, right? <laughs> um, and I've had a lot smarter people uh, tell me this, and I and I believe this now. They're like, well, logically, if you were a disembodied spirit and you're still here on this plane somehow, moving around, or maybe you're going back and forth between these different planes of existence, um, 
do you think you'd want to be at a cemetery? It's kind of a boring yeah. place to be at, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, you'd be drawn to places that you're familiar with that you like being at. So by telling me, as you're telling me this, I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. It, that, yeah. that all makes perfect sense. Um, and yeah, while I find it fascinating too, um, you getting getting the full, the total package, let's say, right, where you're getting an EVP and a picture at the same time that tie together like that, it makes sense to me. It just it's just logical. It just seems like that's well, that yeah. Why wouldn't he be there? Why wouldn't he say something then? And why wouldn't he be in a part of his life and or at an age where he probably was his happiest? Because let's yeah. I mean, not I don't want to grind too deep. He died very young, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that seems like that would probably would have been the happiest time of his life, right? So yeah, yeah. That all to me, it's fascinating. Don't get me wrong, but it all makes sense though too. Mm-hmm. It just make, it makes logical sense, right, Amber? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, right? I'd be like, okay, I'm done with the paranormal. I just like drop my mic and be oh, like, I'm good. That's how I was. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I got what I needed. Yeah. I'm done. I'll go home. Well, I mean, it, I mean, that's that's it, amazing. What you were talking about this is this was your your drive though to get into this, yeah. right? And if that's the answer, well, hell yeah, hang up your spurs. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> but now I you're, don't think I can top that. Yeah, yeah, but still, now I feel like you're probably you can probably agree with this. You get hooked on this. Oh God, it's so addicting because no one can figure it out. It's like the biggest mystery on you know our planet, and you just want to keep pursuing stuff. I found that when you when you think you've learned everything about a ghost or UFOs or any aspect of the paranormal. All of a sudden, someone else says someone else's name, drops some other book, takes you down yep. some other rabbit hole, and you're like, whoa. And then you yeah. end up down <laughs> some other weird weird spot, and it just keeps spiderwebbing from that point on. I know that's what's happened to me for the past 25 years, and I, I wouldn't go back in time and change it. I love it. Well, I think also, too, that, and that's another thing about this field that's interesting, is it's, it's, a, it's a field where, yeah, it's 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 good to get out and do things and, and go places like we're talking about. Right. Uh, but it's also uh, an area of study where you can actually get a lot done just sitting in your office oh, thinking sure. you can just think mm-hmm. about stuff, you know I mean? And, yeah. And that's what I find myself doing a lot is just kind of dwelling on ideas about things like this idea of your, of your brother and, and this experience you had with him has me thinking about a bunch of things like when, the, you know, is this really, can you show up any way you want? Can you show up as a, can you make a, can you make an impression if you want to show up in a picture that, that somebody shoots? Can you just make it to make an impression of a picture that you were in something like that? I mean, and again, I'm talking, I'm yeah. spitball, I'm spitballing this really hard, but it's like, I'm thinking about things like that and you can get, you can get a lot of things done just doing that in this field because what do we really have but our ideas when it comes to these things? Um, mm-hmm. We don't have any evidence, for. I mean, I well, would say it de- solid evidence, it, you know. It depends. And, like, the realm of parapsychology with, like, psi stuff, there's there's definitely, like, concrete evidence that there's there's statistical evidence that we have psi ability. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, that whole kind of thing. But, yeah, when it comes to, like, actual ghost hunting and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah, right. But you you've – since you've been doing this, you've developed a philosophy on the paranormal that you call paranormal for all and that it shouldn't, the paranormal just shouldn't be limited to investigate investigations you see on TV or in investigators. I mean, can you elaborate more on that and your thoughts? Yeah. So basically it kind of goes along with just like the origins of spooky stuff, me trying to bring it to the masses and stuff. And like when I was first starting out, um, I don't know if it was because I was a newbie or if it because I was 
female or what, but I was not taken seriously. And mm. I'm still having a hard time being taken seriously mm. um, in the paranormal. And it could be because I'm not choosing to go to places like the haunted prisons and right. the haunted asylums. Granted, I do enjoy going to those places, but half the time I can't afford it. Or I'm not highlighting it on Spook Eats because it doesn't correlate with what I'm yeah. trying to do on there. Um, but my biggest thing is like, again, you know, everyone at some point in their life does experience grief and they do experience loss, whether it's the loss of a grandparent or a pet or a friend or a family member, you all, everyone experiences loss. And some people are very confident in what happens after you die. Other people are extraordinarily curious or confused. And at least for me, the only way that I could start finding answers was by investigating the paranormal. And you know, it was, I didn't have all the fancy equipment. I didn't have, you know, a doctorate in, I don't, I don't know what you would get a doctorate in in order to be <laughs> a paranormal investigator taken seriously. Um, but, you know, it was all these, like, kind of like these doors being closed in my face. And it was finally like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to do what I do. And people have gravitated towards it. And, you know, whenever I host ghost hunting events, I always love it when I have newcomers um, that have never done anything like this before because that's the whole point. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not saying I don't want the seasoned professionals to come to my ghost hunting events. Um, you know, they're a wealth of information and, and so helpful. And especially like in my community, at least, I do have a few um, investigators that have been around for so many years that have kind of like accepted me and kind of helped push me more into the local scene at least um here in buffalo new york but you know when when you have like those newcomers that are just experiencing it for the first time and you can share different methods or techniques or ideas or theories and then you see kind of like the wheels turning in their head and they kind of put out their own theories and ideas like that's the whole point you know there are no experts in the paranormal that's you know that's kind of like the mantra of most people nowadays you know all of us are just trying to figure it out we all have theories and stuff so you know you know it's the difference between what makes a paranormal investigator what what makes a ghost hunter and i know a lot of paranormal investigators kind of like turn their noses up when it comes to ghost hunters but you know i always say first of all it's just terminology it's easier to say ghost hunter than it is to say paranormal investigator um But also, you know, if you are separating it that, you know, paranormal investigators have thousands of dollars of equipment and they go to the main, you know, the big ticket haunted locations, whereas then you have the ghost hunters who are just starting out. They're not investigating for, you know, decades and, you know, they're really just trying to find answers or they're just starting to gather equipment. You know, I always say everyone starts as a ghost hunter. You know, you start at that point with your cassette recorder or your little digital recorder or a flashlight or a, a, a pendulum or something. You know, you always start at that point in the cemeteries and you slowly work your way up to quote unquote paranormal investigator. Um, yeah. So who, who are we to tell people that, oh, no, you can't sit with us. You can't come on this investigation because you don't have enough experience or you don't have good enough equipment. Because who are you at a bar that person from finding answers that they so desperately need. Um, I always say um, that history belongs to everyone, but haunted history belongs to the weirdos. Um, (laughs) And and, like, that's kind of like my mantra. I have like, whenever I'm doing a presentation at a library or something, you know, because you have like the adults who are the investigators and then you have like the teenagers and the young adults who are really starting to be curious about this, you know, and they're kind of on the fringe and they're the weirdos in school. And, I'm always like, let that freak flag fly. Like, we're all in this together. 
And, you know, it, the paranormal is not just for the people that you see on TV. Granted, they're the ones that, you know, when you're starting out, you're kind of modeling your techniques after what they do. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not all the time because some of them are kind of not the best ways of approaching things and they're antagonistic and stuff. But anyway, yeah. um, whereas, you know, just because you see them on TV and you're like, oh, well, they're famous. They're the professionals. They're the experts. I can't possibly do that. That's not true at all. No. Everyone started off in the exact same spot as as you right now. Um, so who's to say that you won't be the next person that ends up being on TV, that you're inspiring the next generation to come after yeah. you as well. Um, so I try to be as inclusive as possible because, you know, I've been doing this for about 15 years now and really seriously for about five years now and then two years since starting Spook Eats. Um, and I'm still having a hard time being taken seriously. So I understand if people are just starting out and they feel like it's almost like it's too, too big for themselves. You know, they can't handle it. They can't take it on. Um, you can. You just have to go for it. Yeah. Um, and nothing, nothing can stop you. Well, there's nothing like going to an investigation with newbies because it is fun to – after you've been doing this for a long time, you get sort of used to it. Like, yeah. Like you can – I could be in a dark cemetery at night and just be like, mm. where anybody else would be like, oh, no, get me get me the hell out of here. <laughs> they would not stick or, around or there. They, they or they want to be there. Or but, prison. Or well, yeah. Well, I'm mean, just saying how you get kind of you kind of get dull or you no. Know, I'm talking, used about, I'm talking about the people, but the, the other side of that is the people that do want to be there that are new to it, and they're they're jittery. Oh, they're, sure, they're sure, nervous, sure. Yeah. And it's know? fun. It's kind of fun to watch. I love it. It's like I can I can relive those moments through them again. Um, sometimes, of course, you see that like annoying thing that newbies can do where everything yes. <laughs> is like a ghost yeah those, were, the, those you know? were some annoying days it's, yeah yeah, yeah right, there's right, that right. but if they you know just stick around for a while and they'll get over that uh well, but it's i don't know yeah. it's they bring a new energy to yes, us exactly, yeah totally um, exactly you know and that's one thing you're right about that our our show's spirit animal doug um who you know used to be a host here um, he talked about that years ago when we when we were doing the show in the old days. And that's something. It was that same idea. Because I think we both, when we both started out, yeah, we were like, well, we're gonna be, we're gonna go ghost hunting, right? And we both found not only did it, you know, I think we grew out of that idea. We just thought it was kind of a a negative way to look at it too, right? Like we're hunting the, like I said before, like we're hunting these things. What are we gonna do to them when we find them? You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and so we were we kind of fell into the idea of like ghost observer. Paranormal yeah. investigator, things like that, because that's really what you're trying to do is observe something, right? Yeah, you're like Jane Goodall with the chimpanzees. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's bird watching without the, without the birds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, exactly. I, it's really, I mean, the only the best thing you're going to bring home is a picture or a piece of audio or something like that, right? Yeah. So, I think that that look at it is is the way to look at it. I think Ghost Hunter, it, yeah. It, it, and I, I'm trying to be friendly about this, um, <laughs> but I think people. Well, it's got hunter in it, okay? And hunter, well, it's it's a it's a strong word. It's a strong word. It, it sounds strong. Right? Well, it sounds a little cooler, I think, than. Maybe, well, that's exactly what I'm uh, saying. It's a strong. I'm a ghost hunter. I'm a, I'm versus, a ghost hunter. Yeah. I'm a paranormal investigator. And we're going down. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sound like the nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the nerd with the glasses and and the proton pack. 
Yes. Yeah. And, the, and the goatee and the matching t-shirts. Well, no, 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 no. I'm gonna put the go. I'm gonna put the matching t-shirts on the ghost hunter because that's a very like noob thing that's to the, do. Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's what I meant. That's the first thing you do when you start a ghost. That's what I meant. Group, was Scott, the, was you the start. Ghost group. You do matching t-shirts. So now we're gonna start shitting all over everybody. No, here. we're not. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> We've done plenty of that. But no, in and years. when you when you do this for a handful of years, you become seasoned. You and you, you understand. Do. Yeah, that there's and, and it is there's a greater thing out there. That's overwhelming, I think, mentally. And and I think also, even if you, you're not someone that acquires a bunch of equipment or, or anything like that, the, the difference sometimes between that ghost hunter and that paranormal investigator is that you kept going and kept learning. Because yes. so many people, they got involved in the paranormal because they watched TV shows and they're like, yeah, let's form a group. Yeah, get the t-shirts. And then they go out. <laughs> We're hunters. <laughs> and then they go out and they do their thing. But it's just a hobby. And then they realize it's not like the shows. And this is kind of weird. And then maybe the cops bust them one night at the cemetery because they're not supposed to be in there after dark. And they're like, okay, well, I don't know. And after two years, they sort of just stopped doing it. And, oh, and that's cool. And I mean, that's fine. You're allowed you, to do that. You are allowed you know? to do that. Yeah, but yeah. the if you keep at it and you keep researching it and you have a true passion for it, you know, then I think maybe you've earned a, an upgrade in your title. <laughs> you get knighted. You yes, finally get, you get knighted. knighted. You get knighted after a you couple of years. You get paranormally knighted. Well, I mean, and the thing, yes. <laughs> the thing about it too is, uh, yeah, I know. I think a lot of people's entry point uh, into what I call the fringe and the strange and the weird was was spirits and ghosts and stuff like that. And then once you, uh, that's what's kept me around all these years has been like, well, there's a lot more that is under that under that umbrella. Like UFOs and that, to be uh, UFOs, cryptids, things like that. Uh, to, just to name a couple of quick things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's way more stuff outside of that, and that's what's kept me around. I mean, I found I found myself uh, at one time not even really studying ghost stuff at all anymore. I was I was disconnected from that, and I found myself is just immersed in UFO stuff. And I think some people, if you as, as I said before, if you're more of a thinker like I am, well, the sky's the limit. You can go anywhere you want with your mind. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what keeps uh, what's kept me around. It's kept a lot of other people around is you diversify in, in your in your ideas and things that you're studying. Amber. Yeah. That's what Tenny always says. Diversify your weirdness. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I love yeah. that. That's one of his his little slogans. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. What you, and that's true. You should. Yeah, you should. You should always keep doing that. Uh, keep ex- just keep expanding. But, you know, when we were just speaking about being knighted, paranormally knighted, Amanda <laughs> Traveled to the UK last year. <laughs> that was a great segue. Thank wow. you. Thank you. I, I feel like I I'm kind of. the only segue we've had in about seven or eight months. No. <laughs> no, yeah. I've had some others. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. If anyone out there. Name one. Yeah, if any of our avid <laughs> listeners want to co- co- collect my segues. But anyway, so you traveled to the UK. Put them into a two-minute file. A two-minute piece of audio. Anyway, you went to the UK last year, and you noticed a huge difference in how they approach haunted hospitality, which I, I, I was there in 1999, and that was my first ghost tour in Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh, I loved Edinburgh. Oh. Yes. And so they they weren't doing ghost tours yet in the U.S. So of course the U.K. was way ahead of the ahead of the you know curve. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Curve. So anyway, I got to hear about your adventures and, and your thoughts about the U.K. So basically, I've been to I've been to the U.K. This is my third time there now. Yeah. Um, I've all I've always loved it. I it, it's like my home away from home. I'm really good friends with the guys behind Haunted Magazine. So I've been oh, cool. kind of like had like my tentacles over in the UK for a while now. But um, we went over there last year for my dad's 60th birthday. It was my husband's first time over there. And 
I knew going in, especially now that I had spook eats that I was like, all right, like this is like, this could be a business write off. Right guys. Um, but, um, I just, I, I knew going in that, you know, they've got the pubs, they've got the haunted pubs and they have so much history. Um, so I was excited to go in there, but I was kind of blown away and my expectations were, were beyond met. Um, just, I mean, just the amount of history that they have. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> we are, are, at least America's European history is seriously lacking. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you have like the, some of the oldest buildings go back to the 1600s. Right. Uh, maybe the 1500s, yep. if you're lucky. Um, whereas like you go over to the UK and we were in Nottingham and the one of the pubs there was 1192 yeah yeah <laughs> and you're like oh of course it was <laughs> like yeah why 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 not um it's just mind-boggling you'll be you know sitting in york and they'll be like oh yes this pub was built in 1342 yeah. but it's not the oldest and you're like oh of course not why would it be that's ridiculous yeah um so and i i just just the history and the fact that not only are these buildings still standing, but they're still doing the original intent. Like it's like, like, you know, the one pub that we went to yield trip to Jerusalem from 1192, like it was a pub in 1192 and there's a pub in 2020. Um, that's just the coolest thing to me. Whereas like, I feel like in America, you know, so many times we build on top of our history, we knock it down, we, you know, build something new or, we completely gut it and turn it into something else, um, which I just think is a, a shame. There's a building here in Buffalo that one of our oldest buildings is it was from 1804. And it was this gorgeous, gorgeous building until recently. And they completely gutted it. Uh-huh. And now the inside is very minimalistic yes. and very modern. And you're like, no, this is one of the oldest buildings in the whole area. What are you doing? Uh, um, makes my skin crawl. What's yep. happening? Um, and that's not the case over in, in the UK. No. Um, and just the amount of haunted places that are openly haunted. They're everywhere. Um, I, they're, they are. They're everywhere. I, we were in York. And just on one street, the street with our Airbnb on it, it was there was like twelve haunted pubs, and they all claimed to be the most haunted pub in York. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so it was just uh, it was just such a breath of fresh air, especially after years of like kind of like door slamming in my face from locations that don't want to talk about their ghost stories. Yep. To find these places that are kind of like elbowing to be the most haunted. Um, I just, I ate it up. I loved it. Um, I can't wait to be able to go back and like really, really dive into it because I feel like I barely scratched the surface. It's and even their most iconic tourist locations, like the tower of London, they have a whole like guide, like here's the bloody tower and here's what yeah. the story about the ghost and the ghost kids. And yeah, they, they don't put it away and hide it. It's just part of their history. And, yeah. and I love that fact. And I, I don't, I, it'd be interesting to get like a scholar's opinion on why they think people in the UK are a little more open to the paranormal or ghost stories than people in the US. I don't know if it's just the sheer fact that their history is so much older than us, like you said, the European yeah. part of the history, or if it has anything to do uh, with religion and mm-hmm. America's start with kind of suppressing sometimes ghost stories and just in general ghost stories I, it, like there was it, 
back in the Victorian times at Christmas, you told ghost stories. Absolutely. Yeah. And it wasn't just like tales of Santa and happy things. It was like a dark time to yeah. tell dark stories. Shortest time of the year, darkest, coldest, depending on where you live. But yeah. it's <laughs> and, and we've kind of lost a lot of that, although Krampus is making a comeback. I'm yeah. so, so happy about that. Uh-huh. I'm so excited. <laughs> so I, it's just I wonder what the... I don't know, historically, why why that has unfolded and why it's kind of stayed that way a little bit or why we're so behind the times. Yeah. Like why we struggle so much with, with grasping the concept of life after death. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think... Well, like... like Outside like of said, religious terms. I well, guess. yeah, I think, and what you said, Amber, the Krampus thing, I think, is our entry point now to kind of step back into that stuff. But I, like you said, the way... The holidays, for example, used to be as yeah, they were a time for reflection more. They were a time to be at home and more or less reflect on things, whether they're good or bad, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think the way, well, at least the American society has been for a number of years now, we, we all can attest to this, is we're so busy during the holidays. That's true. Shopping. Getting ready for visitors in the house to stay with us. I mean, you can go, we can go down the list of things. Um. I, I don't think we people don't get that type that time to reflect during the holidays anymore. We're so busy doing a bunch of other stuff for the holidays. It it, it just isn't the same. And I think that's just a that's just a, a manifestation of that as a result of how our society has just developed over you know at least in the states here over over all these years. Right? Maybe a change is coming. Maybe that change is coming as a result of the experiences we're having right now as we speak this year with COVID and stuff like that. I think it's one of the things we've said a lot about, about this thing here on this show, at least is one of the things people I'm hoping people are doing is with, with all this free time they do have to be at home mm -hmm. uh, or not have you know work from home, whatever it may be um, that they can reflect on things and spend time in contemplation. And sometimes I think people stay busy during the holidays for that reason. Right, Amanda? Uh, yeah. Because they don't want to, contemplate because maybe some people they i have i have a lot of friends that say the same thing they're like i, I gotta keep myself busy because i don't want my mind mm -hmm. i don't want to be alone with my mind absolutely <laughs> absolutely right so there is that and that's a dark thing that's a that's a dark thing about about the holidays that's a dark thing about even these locations i think maybe that maybe things people ideas are changing societies are changing now right and maybe that's why you do, as you as you said, Amanda. You have people now kind of push, trying to push each other aside because they want to tell their stories now too. Because maybe we're changing as people. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, and, and with Christmas too, it's. I feel like that's the one holiday where people do get the most depressed, which that I think that statistically is true. But totally, yeah. It's I think because it has the highest expectation. Yeah. You know, well, people expect gifts. They want certain things. Um, it's so focused on family, unlike. You know, Fourth of July or St. Well, Patrick's that, Day. But you know, they another, don't have ex the expectations aren't there for those holidays yeah. like, like Christmas um, is. So I think that's where the depression comes in. But uh, Amanda has a book coming out November first. Yeah. Speaking of Krampus, this and is Christmas, another good segue. I know. I'm rocking the God, segue. You're killing it tonight. I'm killing you it. You are killing it tonight. <laughs> So she's got a book coming out, Krampus's Great Big Book of Yuletide Monsters, and it's her second children's book. So what inspired you to do this? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. Um, it was long before I even got pregnant. I started working on this. I just I've always been fascinated 
with Krampus. Um, my family is very German, so like Krampus has always kind of been like in the background yeah. of the Christmas celebrations. Yeah. Um, and so I just I, I started just for fun researching other like creepy Christmas traditions and characters and stuff. And I ended up finding 13 altogether. Um, so I was like, oh, 13. That's that's a fun number. Great number. Um, <laughs> and so then I was like, well, there should be like a children's book that introduces all of these different characters from around the world, you know, to these to, to kids, yes. you know, because Christmas is, <laughs> you know, the deepest, darkest time of year. As, until recently, it was a very dangerous time of year. There was no guarantee that you were going to make it through the winter. Um, so I decided to take these monsters and I wrote poems. Good Lord, have mercy on my soul. <laughs> um, and um, did these little doodle illustrations and put them all together. And it was super fun, and I mean, it's a little creepy. Um, you know, the first book in like of the children's books that I, I made, um, I called it "Creepy Books for Creepy Kids." <laughs> um, so I want parents to know, like, you know, it's there. You know, we're not talking about like murdering people and stuff, but there's some like creepy imagery. There's some creepy poetry in there and stuff. But if your kid can handle it, you know, why not? Um, you know, I, I kind of equate it to kind of like Coraline, where yeah. it's like, it's a children's book, but it's freaky. Yeah, Coraline but if was you freaky. Can handle it, yeah, but if you can handle it, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's a whole great. lot of fun. Um, so that was kind of my intention, where you kind of want to scare the kids a little bit, but not necessarily traumatize them. Right. <laughs> yeah, every kid needs these books. So we got yeah. to get the nieces and nephews these books. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Christmas presents. Holidays are coming. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, your sister's going to be like, you guys are going to indoctrinate these kids yet into the paranormal. Yeah. Or our, or my sister <laughs> yes, is... Yes, we will. She is into horror movies and stuff like that, too. She's as weird as we are, really. Yeah. I mean, she really is. Uh, so, yeah, maybe this is yeah, something we could probably get them. So, with, we got COVID going on and all this lame stuff in the U.S. and, and all over the world. It's just a, seems like a crappy time to be around right now, but that's 2020. So you, but while we're all sitting still and pondering what we want to do, you have a spooky bucket list and some dream destinations once this settles down. So what are your plans to, how, how are you going to continue Spook Eats and where do you want to go? So it's been really tough keeping Spook Eats alive during this, just because <laughs> it's like you're visiting haunted restaurants right. and reviewing them and you're like, these haunted restaurants aren't open right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so I, luckily I was able to come out with a book um, during quarantine, um, which was about the haunted breweries, distilleries and wineries, which was great. I was able to work remotely. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go to any of these places. Um, so that the, all of these places are like on my list now because I'm like, ooh, like butterscotch moonshine. Yes, oh, please. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> Um, but, um, uh, my next big project that I'm hoping to do, I'm hoping next year, but I'm not going to hold my breath for a second, um, is a route 66 trip. It's oh, something yeah. that I've always wanted to do is drive the length as much as you can of route 66. Um, and then highlight the haunted restaurants, bars and hotels along the way, um, making a sort of travel guide like that. That's most of my books are travel guides. Um, so my route 66 trip is like my next dream that I hope actually becomes a reality at some point. Um, then New Orleans. New Orleans oh, was yeah. supposed to happen this year, and that didn't happen at all. Um, so definitely want to get down to New Orleans. Um, I have several lady investigators that I'm friends with around the country that um, we've talked about, you know, renting a haunted B&B &B and just yes. like... 
having a girls trip down in New Orleans. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that works eventually. And then my hope is always whenever I travel to these locations to be able to like squeak a book out of them as well. Um, so I only started releasing books last year, and I've already got four out with the fifth one on the yeah, way. Um, man, so I, no, I'm me, <laughs> no, it's it's really great to hear that, but it bums me out because I've been kind of not. We talked about this not too long ago. I've had this same idea. I've been dawdling around now for 14 years. Oh God! I just can't get around. It. I have a lot of this stuff done. I just haven't gotten around to getting it done. Yeah. And, I, it, and this, but it's nice inspiration to hear that though too. But when I hear that, I'm like, oh my God, what? What is my major malfunction? You can knock these out. You can knock out four books in, in a year. I don't. <laughs> or two I, years. I, I don't. I don't do much though. Like that's, that's my hobby. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't have friends. <laughs> well, no, that's really cool though. Uh, that's that's a lot of work to get. That's a lot of work to get done though. Regardless, uh, and my hat, my hat goes off to you on that. No, it's awesome, and I love that you're making these things accessible to people. You're helping yeah. local businesses and businesses all over the place. Um, because you're you're highlighting them yeah. with their cool history, especially if they're cool with their haunted history. Yeah, and I think this is just a it's a cool project. Keep doing it. Yes. If okay, first off, we're buddies with Troy Taylor, and the fact that you were going to be speaking, oh, yeah. at, you were going to be speaking at his conference, and so that means you are like in good company. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, and so we yeah can... we should have met you this year, but that didn't happen. Yeah, unfortunately, hopefully next... because twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020. because twenty twenty dumpster exactly. fire, dumpster fire of a year yeah. exactly. Um, but hopefully, maybe next year, yeah, let's we may be crossed. able to convene uh, in Alton, Illinois. Yes. Hopefully. Illinois seems to be a pretty uptight state about this thing. They're pretty they hardcore. They seem pretty good. We're okay pretty, here in Michigan. No, I mean, I mean I uptight as been, in they're, they've been really hard on this, you yeah, know, with this thing. Yeah, I know. That's good. It's good, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah that's how we are in New York, too. Like, it's like oh, yeah. the rains are like, it's like really tight, but we're also not dying anymore. So yeah, exactly. This is good. <laughs> I guess that's the, the desired outcome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you know. I don't try know. to keep people alive. That's kind of what our idea is here. Can we get that together? <laughs> Amanda, step one. Yeah, step one. <laughs> Amanda, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us again. It re really means a lot. Uh, and this is some really cool stuff you're working on. We'd love to have you back on again sometime. Um, and really, I yeah, this is just awesome stuff. I know this is, was Amber was super psyched about. This. I know I was when Scott uh, asked yay! me for guests. I was like, get the spookies, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'll talk to us. <laughs> Well, yeah. I hope I lived up to you the did. expectations. No, we're uh, so happy to have you on. We'll do it again. Thank you so much again. Amanda Woomer, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Ghostly Talk. <laughs>